0: Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Evan Mion. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And today, I just sort of wanted to kick things off with a discussion on VR. Now, we've done VR episodes in the past. We've actually quite recently been talking about VR, uh, especially in the games we've been playing, because I know, Mike, you've got that Oculus Quest. But I kind of just wanted to visit VR, because I think we're in an interesting space now where, like, the initial... I guess, generation of VR, like the Gen 1 of VR is kind of over and done with, and we're kind of getting into the next sort of more upgraded, sort of more streamlined phase of VR. And we're seeing some interesting, you know, technological advancements there, you know, with like uh, inside-out tracking, foveated rendering, you know, wireless VR. And I just kind of wanted to check in, I guess, where we all are with VR and just sort of discuss it a bit. And I think the thing that precipitated this for me was Sony's sort of uh, mini-announcement of the PSVR 2. It doesn't have a hard date or anything yet, but they did confirm that it exists and that it's imminent, like it's going to happen. And they confirmed some really interesting specs too. So it's going to have like a resolution of 4,000 by 2040, which is, you know, 2,000 by 2040 per eye, which is actually a slightly higher resolution resolution than the Oculus Quest 2. It'll also utilize foveated rendering, which I believe you, you can correct me on this, Connor, if I'm wrong, but basically it's only rendering what you're looking at.
1: Yeah, foveated rendering uses eye tracking to tell where, you're, uh, where your eyes are actually pointed. Yeah. Uh, and it, it only renders in high resolution what you're looking at. It still renders everything, but uh, it, it, it's basically adaptive resolution, but only... Right. Know, it renders what you're looking at, super high fidelity, and your peripheral vision, and lower fidelity.
0: Yeah, and so I, I've never really experienced foveated rendering in VR That myself. is because
1: this is the first time it's ever been done.
0: Right, but what I was going to get to is that it seems like a lot of people are looking at this as a big advancement in VR tech, so I'm excited to see how yeah, it fo- actually improves. rendering
1: vision. until recently, and probably still recently, would have been the one technology... For me, that draws the line between Gen One and Gen Two VR, because I I don't think we can go much farther without it.
0: Yeah, but yeah, just to I think that's really the biggest highlight here in this spec list. But we've also got inside out tracking, which is very convenient for you know like we don't have to rely on like the camera really anymore. As well as uh, the haptics, right? So the Dual Sense haptics are getting integrated into the PSVR Two controllers, as well as the headset. So I think that. That in particular will give Sony's VR solution, uh, make it a little more unique from the other high-end VR stuff. So yeah, I, I think this thing is pretty exciting, and I'm kind of really you know looking forward to jumping into it, especially because my relationship v- with VR currently, like I'm fascinated by it, but I don't really game in VR too much anymore. Um, so I, I definitely think this will be the shot in the arm for me, at least, to get really back into VR gaming.
1: Yeah, but, it's
2: kind of... You know, hopefully
1: yeah. uh my, my biggest hope is that the p s v r much like or the p s v r two much like the first one gets hacked quickly because it does sound like like the golden feature list that you tie to a box that is not you know that's going to be underpowered in two years you know right and that that's a shame because it does you know it with just the feature set you've listed it kind of blows everything else out of the water as far as being a good headset
0: but you know like we said Facebook you know is iterating so quickly I'm sure by the time this thing comes out maybe we'll have a Quest 3 that is comparable or better to this thing.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I don't think they're releasing a Quest 3 this year. I think they've made it pretty clear that the Quest 2 is well, going to be
0: Yeah, they're not releasing product. PSVR this year either. VR people are speculating PSVR 2 is a 2022 thing or beyond. So I'm sure by then Facebook will come
1: up with another thing. Also hey. Facebook doesn't have a strong tendency to do like, like the Quest doesn't really do anything interesting technology-wise. Like, inside-out tracking was a solved problem before the Quest happened. Wireless VR? Wireless yeah, VR, one. yeah. But, I mean, they didn't do that originally. Somebody else did that before them uh, and just put it on the Quest. Remote Desktop did. You know, I think... Facebook's a lot more interested in making existing technology accessible than it is innovating.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's... There's nothing like wrong you can, with that. So, I, I, you can I, I innovate I, all you want with like VR, but that innovation, say, like an index, it's top of the line, but it's a thousand dollars for a full index setup. And it's also not really top of the line. I was like, going to say yeah. that.
0: Like, you guys are more familiar with PC VR than I am. Is,
1: is the index still like the end all be all? Well, the, prob- it, the index is probably the best headset on the market. But for a thousand dollars, you should be getting all the killer features. Yeah. And you're not. You're getting about half of them.
2: You like, get I think you get full finger tracking, which is Yeah, you cool. get full finger
1: tracking and good but, and good resolution, but it's not the best resolution on the market. And it's pretty soon not going to be the only headset with finger tracking. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, the thing is you're paying a premium. The the only thing that the quest really, really or not the quest that the index really has is that its tracking is unmatched. It has the best yeah. tracking in the industry hands down best tracking in the industry but, but the problem is all the other solutions are pretty good like yeah. well beyond good enough
0: especially when you know the oculus quest 2 is what three hundred dollars that's yeah
1: yeah three hundred dollars yeah, and the, and the, the, the value upcoming Deck gear one is going to be 450 i think and it's gonna it's gonna yeah. literally who's, who's have all. That? uh that is Deck gear that is a okay, an like
0: another company. company okay
1: cool. yeah and Deck gear the Deck gear one is like probably the most upsetting headset in VR because I, I don't trust this company to be around for very long, but they're making a ton of like excellent innovations that are being ignored by the bigger companies. Like uh, they recently released the Deca Move, which is a little clip you put on your waist and it tracks which way your hips are facing. So like, for instance, if you're running in a game right now uh, when you're moving, it's either using your hand or your head to decide where you're moving and that's extremely disorienting and kind of a terrible idea. But that's all they can do, because that's all they're tracking. So, mm-hmm. Deck Gear's idea was to put a tracker on your hip, and now, whichever way your hips are facing, that's the direction you'll move. Really? And that a just,
0: tracker on your hip? That's kind yeah. of...
1: Yeah, full-body tiny. It's a tiny little... And it's not even, like, tracked the way the rest of the stuff is tracked, because it doesn't care where your hips are. It only cares which direction they're facing. So, it's just, like, a little uh, accelerometer that you put so on your hip. So, like,
2: it's like close to full body tracking but it's not the full setup.
0: So where are we where are we at with full body tracking? As far as um, I know that's not really a thing yet, right? It, but that is, is actually cost like 10
2: grand. You can buy a kit that'll track your legs. I think I know VR chat supports 5 point which is head, arm, head, hands and feet I believe. I think one on the hips. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I Deca- think
1: sorry, go ahead. Decka gear is weirdly focused on VR chat. Uh they and and generally multiplayer VR play in general. They're actually including cameras that track your uh, your eyes, uh, but don't do foveated rendering, which is extremely upsetting to me. And I wonder if it's going to be added later. But uh, they they track your eyes and your mouth uh, so that they can put your expressions in the game.
0: That's really cool. Wow, yeah. like yeah. that has or, uh, huge impact. And, and I,
1: I at first I thought that was stupid, but then I thought like if I'm playing tabletops, like, COVID made me suddenly think that, like, oh, that's a really good idea, because I'm suddenly playing Dungeons & Dragons with people, and I can't see their faces, and, like, I started thinking about how cool it would be to play in tabletop simulator and, like, look like our characters, but have our facial expressions. Yeah, I mean, like, it's really crazy thinking about
0: the future of VR, because we truly are, like, just inching closer and closer to, like you know the stuff in like ready player one i don't know if you guys have seen that movie but like i have not but yeah just like complete immersion like omni treadmill full body suit like you're basically just inside of the game and i do think we'll get there eventually but you know it's interesting to see like the beginnings of that you know the full body tracking and you know i I know omni treadmills have been around for a while of course they're not they're way too expensive to be mainstream right now but like Maybe yeah. some sort of, you know, better solution to that will
1: come along soon as well. I mean, I still, like, I think of VR... So, last last episode, if you guys listened to it, we were talking about consoles, and uh, I'm not going to get into that too much, uh, but That's the console generations, generations, you'll notice we started on the third gen. We started on third gen yeah. consoles. And I think VR is still in those first two gens right now. I like, agree, yeah. Like, so, like, we, we still haven't, haven't
0: seen the jump from, like... 2D to 3D graphics. Well, not, not that. even that,
1: because I, I don't know that that jump is nearly as important as the jump from, like, you know, arcade games to um, Super yeah. Mario Brothers. Yeah. Like, and, and we haven't seen that jump, really. We've seen... Uh, well, arguably Half-Life Alex is that jump. Yeah, Half-Life like, Alex is that jump. And, and you could argue that the Quest is trying to be the NES, but, like, we're still you know, the NES got passed up by the Genesis and the SNES. Like, things were still just getting started when that NES came out and when, like, the first real games came out. And that's still where we're at in VR. Yeah, that's, haven't that's even a started really yet.
0: interesting point. Like, you brought up, and that kind of leads in, into my next point, you brought up Half-Life Alex, And I know that's currently kind of, like, the golden standard for the AAA VR game. But, like, you know, I think the majority of experiences on VR, not all of them, but the majority, are, like, these shorter, like, sort of, I don't want to say demo-like experiences, but like bite-sized experiences that really aren't, that really don't have like a one-to-one analog to the current games industry. I think. Um, yeah. But like, I, I do think it's interesting. We've seen have like Half-Life Alex, which I haven't played, but everything I hear tells me it is the you know the, the real app. deal. Um, in terms of like a full-fledged VR experience. And I know we're getting stuff on PSVR as well. I can't speak to other platforms, but I don't think we've fully jumped into that point yet where VR devs are fully confident, like, making the caliber of games we see, you know, non-VR in VR.
1: Does that make sense? No, we're still stuck in Portland, which is a waste of time, in my opinion. I, I don't think I've ever played a VR port that I thought was worth the time it took to develop. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think, you know, like, VR from the ground
0: up is where the, the innovation is going to happen, right? Like, you you will have entertaining experiences, right? Like, they had, like, a Resident Evil 7 port to VR, and, you know, well, horror games just that naturally... That wasn't a port,
1: that was a mode that was, like... I think right, those are yeah. worth their salt, because they're not that hard to make. Like, like Subnautica has a VR mode, where it's, like, the exact same game, but it has head tracking. Like... yeah. And that's cool and all. Like that's a novelty, and I don't think it takes a ton of time to develop. The ones that I think are an absolute waste waste of everyone's time are like Fallout 4 VR, Skyrim VR, Borderlands VR. Those games aren't fun. Like, yeah, and yeah, they're a bad. Those games kind taste of
0: they those games, like in particular, kind of seem similar to me as like the 3D craze, like when people were making 3D games. Exactly, like, yeah, they're just it's VR just, to be VR.
1: Yeah, like, except they're really expensive to make. Like a full a full VR conversion, like that's basically just <laughs> making another game, you know? Yeah, and like yeah, I don't know. I think a mod, I think modders could have turned Skyrim into VR and done as good a job as Bethesda did, and same with Fallout Four. And like, I don't know, but Bethesda wanted to charge me sixty dollars for it, <laughs> like.
0: Well, yeah, I feel like... A, if, if the platform exists, Skyrim's coming to it,
2: you know? Like, a yeah. VR a VR game should be built from the ground up for VR. Yeah, absolutely. Because porting an already existing game, such as Borderlands or Skyrim to VR, is going to introduce these weird eccentricities. I think that's a good word, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, Borderlands to VR, which I have not played, and I don't think I'm going to play because it doesn't have co-op. Uh, scopes I, are weird. It's hard to do scopes in VR.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I will offer, like, a counterpoint. I think the more, like, exploration-based games, like No Man's Sky and Subnautica, do work. Well, No
1: Man's Sky but... is not... Yeah, I mean, those are, those are VR modes in a non-VR game. Like, they didn't charge me another $60 to play, you know, Subnautica in VR. And Subnautica, to be clear, the VR mode in Subnautica is terrible. Just the worst. <laughs> really? Okay. But it doesn't hurt anybody that it's there. Like... And the same for No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky, like, it's real. It's actually really enjoyable. I think to play No Man's Sky in VR. That's where most of my hours in it are. Mm-hmm. But like, and and I'll be honest, they they did. I yeah, No Man's Sky is actually a really good argument against what I'm saying because they did a really good job turning that into a VR game. So <laughs> the only yeah, problem there I mean, is like, like the, menus, the genre but they did of a really good job of doing VR menus too. Yeah, so I mean, like, like
0: the, it's just you know the ex- explore. Ex- sorry, exploration based games come to mind. When it comes to like easy, not easy, but like VR ports slash versions, that makes sense. But like in terms of VR games, right, like it's, especially in terms of like multiplayer games, like it's interesting, we are getting starting to get like multiplayer VR games. Uh, can't really speak to how well they work, but I know I've heard really good things about like, I think, Firewall Zero Hour.
1: I, I just know I've heard a lot of great things about Pavlov VR. Oh, I have. What's too. that?
2: Uh, it's just a shooter. It's like a, I think it's supposed to be like counter Strikey. It's, no, it's, it's just like a, it's, I think it, based on what I've seen, it falls the line between like a Battlefield-esque.
1: Okay, but yeah, it's just, it's just a shooter, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, but it's a, it's a good VR yeah. shooter
0: what's really interesting is, like, I think we're seeing, we're thinking in terms of multiplayer that we have now and getting that into VR. What's really going to be interesting is then when we do like multiplayer implementations that can only happen in VR. I'm excited for that.
1: I I mean, stuff like Rec Room exists now, and I think Rec Room is one of the better VR games that exists. It's it's a free to play game. Isn't that sort
0: of like Wii Sports but VR?
1: It's a lot like Wii Sports but VR, except it has a lot of player made content and stuff. It has, like, paintball, it has laser tag, it has, like, these story mode style things that you can do where you're fighting a bunch of enemies with, like, swords and shields and bows with, like, two mm-hmm. of your friends. But it also has, like, a bowling alley and, like, a pool table and, like, the, the, you know, it's not, it's not a suitable replacement for pool, but I did during the quarantine, like, when I couldn't go out to a bar and hang with my friends and play pool. I did play pool with some friends in rec room and it was like close enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like something like pool, I mean like the, how do they handle like the resistance? You know, like when you strike it, they don't. it I mean, yeah. I mean, similar to a video game, right? It's just is how, is yeah. how hard you hit the ball.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it obviously has concessions made, but like, but you know, like uh, when that
0: PSVR two comes out with the haptics, there will be some sort of feedback there. Which I mean, you'll have really a cool. rumble,
1: but it's still not going to be like, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know, man. The haptics in the Dual Sense, if also it's the notable same
0: haptics, the Deck Gear is
1: doing amazing. the exact same haptics as the PSVR is, as the dual or as the PS five. Yep, that's that's really cool. Yeah, so that'll be on PC too. The only thing it's missing is the foveated rendering, and uh, I'm not yeah. holding my breath on that. Yeah, and I don't think it's doing it in the headset. It's only doing it in the controllers. Oh, the okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the
0: yeah, that's kind of interesting to me. Like, I don't, I get controller haptics, but like, I don't know, well, I want to feel stuff in my idea. head.
1: Because, like, if know. I was playing Subnautica, for like a good VR version of Subnautica, I think it'd be really cool. Like Maybe when I feel submerge the bubbles, myself like, in water in your head to, or something. Like, to, to like when you dive into the water to feel like a you know feel bubbles against your helmet yeah, or something. That like, could be cool. You know, I I feel like it'd just be weird to
0: feel things touching my face when I'm playing a video game, but. I don't know. I'll, I'm probably wrong. I'll probably like it. No,
1: I think I think I would like it. I I think it's a good idea in general. I, I I'm down for it. Very down yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I um uh,
0: I don't know. I I'm excited about VR. I'm kind of in this space right now where I'm not playing VR games, but I'm like following VR news. But I do think you know like especially with you know technologies like foveated rendering, haptics, and stuff like it's just going to take immersion to the next level. Yeah. Uh, the only, I think, the big downside—it's not that big of a downside—but like the downside to the PSVR2 specs is that it is not wireless. There is like a single USB-C cable, which is, you know, a big improvement over
1: current is PSVR. Is it replaceable? Uh, replaceable. What do you mean? Like, it does it? Is it? Can you detach it on both sides? Yeah. Because that's yeah. that's so stupid. That's my my headset is going is going right now, and it, yeah. it has a cord that cannot be replaced. And I've stepped on that cord because obviously I've stepped on that cord. I can't see, and yeah, now my headset's you know days are numbered, and that's stupid, I, and that's super common.
2: I think that's the best sticking point for the Quest Two right now is that you can just buy a new cord. Yeah, it's not. Expensive. Yeah, it's not an expensive well, yeah, it's, cord. Yeah. So. it's
0: a USB C cord, so it's going to be a very common. It has to cord. be a
1: specific spec because USB C is weird if their specifications. Yeah, but it's attainable. Like you can buy yeah, an anchor yep. USB C cord and you're in luck. I think my anchor cost me like thirty dollars. Yeah, and that's really so, not bad for what it gets you.
0: Quick tangent: I'm so glad that USB C adoption actually happened. And oh my god, I know. For the most part, people stop you know like except for like Apple, like stop making their proprietary ports. Like even Apple uses a lot so of USB C. Nice. Really, yeah. I know. Yeah. Like my MacBook has a USB C
1: port, but I wasn't sure about the phones. And and well, no, the phones don't. But correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Lightning just USB-C but inside out? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure uh, it is. Which makes me yeah, even like, angrier.
0: It's so like convenient because like I can charge my switch, my phone, my laptop, and my controller with like the same charger, and it's yeah. just so convenient. Yeah, it's very
1: cool. But yeah, like, do you guys have any other thoughts on VR? I I I don't know. I, I have like, one big one. Is that um, one of the things, one of the biggest challenges I think that are going to come up in game design in the near future is like the struggle between immersion and convenience. And uh, okay. th- this is probably the biggest I place mean- Half-Life Alex missed for me. And I, and I have an anecdote for it. I was fighting in like what, what is essentially the game's equivalent of a boss fight. They're like these lightning uh, headcrab things. And uh, I think there were three of them in a room and you have to kill all three and then they drop something that you have to like put in a generator to power it yeah. and like i'm in the middle of a of a very intense fight and all, and i kill them and i got one of them and i i didn't have time to put it in the thing so i tossed it to the side to keep fighting and then i finished that fight and i never found the one that i tossed to the side and i had nothing it didn't like respawn or whatever i don't i, I mean no it's just i mean i just lost it like it was a big room <laughs> And it had a bunch of clutter, and I threw this item to the side, and now I can't find it, and I don't want to play the game. They they
0: should have been, like, pinging it if you didn't find it after a while or something. I know, but they didn't. But but the whole uh, dichotomy between, you know, what did you say, convenience and immersion? Yeah. I think, you know, that's obviously, like, VR will wrestle with that, too, but that's, like, a very common conflict in game design today like the the big game that comes to mind is red dead redemption 2 right that's one of the most immersive games you'll ever play but it is not convenient to play it's very uh yeah very frustrating good good point so uh yeah it, it will be interesting like vr will have to solve a bunch of problems again and it'll be interesting to see if any lessons learned during like normal game development will translate but like i'm sure vr will have its own unique challenges as well. For in, in terms of game design at least.
1: Yeah, I really think technologically we're in a good place now though. Like Absolutely, especially yeah. once foveated rendering comes, like all the technology is perfectly good for putting you in a simulated space and like having a good time. And now yeah, we're I just kind of waiting for affordability, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I think in terms of like technological advancement, like once foveated running re- rendering is like normalized, like I think that will will, you know do big things for immersion in vr and then like we're kind of like i feel like at that point we've sort of mastered the initial concept of vr and then we'll be like sort of waiting for the next big leap which is exciting because i do think that next big leap is coming like you said we're still very early in you know, our exploration of vr and it's things are gonna advance yeah. very quickly so
1: the, the only other major technological breakthrough that kind of it bothers some people. It really doesn't bother me at all. Like I, I immediately stop thinking about it. But field of view bothers a lot of people. Like where you, you have just black in your peripheral vision because you are wearing goggles. You know, that really yeah. bugs a lot of people. Yeah. I don't get it. I think they're being crybabies because like, it's. I fine. don't know, man. Like I've, I felt. It doesn't bother me at all. Entirely immersed whenever I play VR. I yeah, I honestly, too. don't like, even notice. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I have a friend who like. He's been harping on that since, like, 2016. He's been saying that he won't buy a headset until uh, he doesn't have huge black bars on the side of the vision. I'm like, man, like...
0: I mean, like, as with anything with a screen, uh, companies will do anything they can to reduce the bezel size. So I feel like the same will happen with, uh, yeah, with VR Yeah, it's, it's
1: technologically more difficult with VR because it kind of has to wrap around your view. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, it's more complicated to make a screen that has to wrap that dramatically and stuff and also be kind of durable. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know that we're ever going to... Well, I'm sure we will eventually, but I don't know that anytime soon he is going to be satisfied. Yeah. But I, I'm i plenty satisfied with the field of view of pretty much every headset I've tried.
0: Yeah, I can't say that's a complaint for me either. I do... I'm, I'm particularly fascinated by Facebook's evolving role in this. You know, like, obviously, like... You've stated your disdain with Facebook, Connor. I don't particularly like Facebook either, but like I do think they're definitely kind of a boon for VR right now, and they do seem very invested in, you know, making VR mainstream and uh, advancing VR. So I, I am keeping an eye
1: on their role in all of this because
0: I think yeah. they'll be a strong yeah, VR a player in the future.
1: Classic case of the bad guy doing a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah I I don't. I don't even know what to say about Facebook and VR.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's accessible though, so that's it's a great time to get into VR.
1: Yeah, and, and
0: I mean, it's... like especially if you know, like Facebook's got what something like a billion users, something crazy yeah. like that, more than that probably.
1: I mean, yeah, uh, I feel like so. like the Quest is in such a good position right now at three hundred dollars. Like it's at three hundred dollars, like that's affordable enough that like if you're someone who flies regularly 300 dollars probably isn't too expensive for something to make your flights a little more enjoyable you know like i i can can see myself wearing a quest watching movies on a flight or something
0: like yeah i'm just like i'm I'm awaiting eagerly the point where i think and i do think this will come where like everyone you know for travel is like packs their phone their briefcase and like their vr headset like i want I, i do think we'll get to the point in the future where like maybe your VR set will be something so common that you bring it with you, like in most places.
1: I also think that the Quest is making like wonderful strides in the area of uh, business use. Because I've right. said that this is ever since I got my first set. Programming headset. in VR? But, well, not... Yeah, I mean, eventually, yes. But as soon as I can realistically simulate like a, a 1080p screen in VR and it still looks 1080p to me... And I'm looking at it. I can read the text legibly and stuff. Then suddenly, even a thousand-dollar VR headset is an extremely good deal now because I can have as many screens open as I need to, for programming for whatever I'm doing. I can fill my yeah. fill my workspace with screens. You know,
0: it's interesting if that use case. I wonder if that use case will get filled by VR or AR
1: first. I think I think it'll get filled by VR first because the. Uh, the field of view problem that VR has is way worse than augmented reality. I I actually think that augmented reality is not really usable yet. I
0: do, you know, like just comparing the two technologies, I think is kind of interesting because they they do similar yet different things. I do think VR has sort of pulled ahead of AR in terms of innovation. I think AR has been kind of quiet for a while.
1: Yeah, well, broad, the broadly is, speaking, like, right? It depends on where you're going to draw the line, because like. If we're going to talk mixed reality, like I think the Quest, the Quest has pass through cameras and like you can see your environment, I think, and also like pull up VR stuff in your environment. If we're going to call that augmented reality.
0: Okay. I mean, I think that's augmented.
1: Then yeah, I think, I think it's going to be AR because that just makes more sense because I can see my keyboard. I can see my mouse. Yeah. And I can be productive. At that point you, you have like a Tony
0: Stark-esque like heads up display in real life, you know? yeah yeah the, the only end, the end only wacky
1: problem there is eventually they're gonna have to start cooling these things better because these headsets <laughs> do get hot on your face and i yeah that's another thing i can't really imagine is doing a full eight hour work day with a headset oh, no. i would go insane dude at a hundred degrees against my face yeah yeah i mean I, is, I is that a
2: problem on the quest too mike the quest has like the opposite problem where if i don't let it warm up to my face at least the lenses it'll fog up if i start really? doing anything strenuous yeah See, the only my, uh, part of the quest that gets hot is the outside, like, huh. the outside face. I have not had problems with it getting unbearable on my face. My, I mean, I, I've never reached unbearable, but my, uh,
1: my wow. old Lenovo Explorer definitely gets hot when I'm using it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, that's another major thing VR needs to tackle, because, like... For me, at least, like I get uncomfortable very quickly in VR. Like if I get like hot and dizzy, I'm just like not having a good time.
1: Well, I think, I think that's that's a huge thing that the next generation is going to fix. There's, I mean, that was like the Index's whole thing was that it was the most comfortable headset. Yeah, and I I think a lot of people are taking notes from that, and I, either including comfort features or selling them as accessories. And I think how long I don't have get, a problem like, with fans? selling them. Like the like the pro the pro head strap for the Quest Two I don't have a problem with that like. You ever think we'll actually get like mini fans? I don't think inside I have the not. headset. That's too much. No, I don't think we'll get mini fans because that's too loud and they don't want to put noise on it because that breaks immersion.
2: Yeah, it'll probably be pass a lot of passive cooling, but yeah. A major part with a VR headset is how heavy it is, so they need to figure out lightweight cooling solutions. Yeah, which is tough. Yeah. The
0: weight, I don't know. It's interesting because like PSVR, I like I've tried a few headsets. PSVR is the lightest one. Like I barely feel it on my face. It kind of just feels like glasses to me. Yeah, it's but, pretty light. Yeah. But I think it, you know, like, and it's interesting. Like I, I a lot of that's from the think, Halo
1: design of it too. The,
0: yeah, uh, the, Halo, the Halo design was a really smart cho- choice. But I don't know necessarily. Like I don't think there's a correlation between like higher spec VR and being more heavy, right? Like. I don't, no, think I don't think necessarily so. that's gonna be a I think thing. The, I
1: think the pro headset on the uh on the quest two is also a Halo, I think. Wait, a pro been... there's a pro version of the quest 2? There's a pro head strap. That you pro buy head strap, okay. Yeah, and it's also terrible, don't buy it. It uh I guess like it has like a twenty five percent chance to crack within a week or something. I there's, heard like, it was that's useful. Really what? I heard it was useful. Oh, it's super useful if you get one that doesn't break. They just there were a bunch of ba- uh, bad ones in the batch when it first came out. I don't know if it's been fixed or not. I haven't looked at this in like three months. Wait,
2: well, there's RMA's. Honestly, RMA's. Yeah, you could RMA. Uh, my re- my uh, experience with dealing with Oculus's warranties, their RMA sequence was pretty easy. Hmm. Okay. Because getting I, my just, I just know like when it first came painless.
1: out, the VR subreddit was just polluted with all these people whining about their cracked uh uh cracked head straps mm-hmm. yeah VR is, vr is weird it is i i think uh yeah i do think that's another thing facebook is doing right though everything on a quest 2 is replaceable except like the lenses i think if you scratch a lens you're still screwed
0: yeah yeah i don't really do, see how the lenses
1: i, something I feel like it's a Something people need to be more vocal about with headsets because I actually owned mine for a few years before I knew this, but uh, you can't leave them in the sun. The uh, where the lenses are so powerful, uh, you'll, oh really? Yeah, if the sun hits your lenses, it'll burn the screen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in general,
0: they recommend like keeping screens away from direct sunlight, but I think you know
1: maybe it's more amplified in VR. Yeah, because I mean they're they're magnifying lenses. Like yeah. And I, uh, I didn't know that. I, I just fortunately uh, didn't do that. You know, I mean, how often? If you're not a quest owner, you probably don't take your headset outside that often. But
2: yeah, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of cases like VR headsets don't work well in the sun.
1: No, they don't the track uh, well. They
2: don't. Do the Inside Out well. tracking
1: doesn't work very well with natural light. It just bounces too well. Uh, yeah. You want to use, and that's another thing. I, I, I would vastly prefer playing VR in a dark room. That's like the only downside of inside-out tracking for me. Yeah, I mean, like in
0: general, I do my gaming in a dark room, so that's so think... bad for you. <laughs> is it really?
1: Oh my God, yeah, it you looks a lot that. better. Yeah, it's, it's so bad for your eyes. Super bad for your eyes. You need high contrast. I, I mean, if you have light, if you have like lights behind your TV or your monitor or something against the wall, you're fine. But uh, looking at a at a rectangle that's lit up in a dark room is extremely bad for your eyes.
0: Well rip my eyes then i guess i've been doing yeah, that my whole life
1: so bad for you yeah. yeah i mean i think everybody does it occasionally everybody watches movies in the dark and stuff but like you don't watch a movie for eight hours and like it's not uncommon for gamers to pull an all-nighter so
0: yeah uh, and it's just tough because like my tv is an oled and that oleds
1: really shine in the dark right like oleds well, it doesn't have to be bright lights behind it like it can be like theater lighting like a, a yeah, dim lamp I against see the mean. wall yeah, like it doesn't have to be in front like you could literally have lights on the back of your TV shining against the wall. It, it's about the contrast. Like Right. Yeah. So Might have to Might have to look into that. Invest in some sick RGB, that's what I'm gonna do.
0: Dude, okay, yeah. this is another aside. I'm really not a big fan of the gamer RGB.
1: I just think it's garish. I wasn't until recently, but I I, I was building a new PC and I was like, Well, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. So I did it. I, I think my
0: PC yeah, got like I white really lights liked.
2: But yeah, go ahead, Mike. I've really I've really kind of fallen into RGB. I'm still like a minimalist when it comes to designing things. Yeah. Or, yeah, but I like, yeah, in terms of tech, I always
1: like the minimal I generally prefer the minimalist style, I think. Yeah, I'm just I'm probably going to have uh, when I set up my game room, I have a uh, like all the RGB in my PC. I have RGB fans on the front. That was built into the case. Uh, my RAM was RGB, which is kind of a meme, but it was like only a total of $20 more. So I was like, why not? And my motherboard has a couple strips of RGB on it. And that's it right now.
0: I uh, think the most I can tolerate is like one color. Like if everything is one color and like see, you know, I'm a provides a certain
1: aesthetic. I, I, like yeah. a, I like a two color gradient. That's what I'm into. I think rainbow RGB is disgusting. Oh, that's I vomit. I, I hate It that. looks so bad. And I, I hate that that's like the default that they show RGB in on websites and stuff. Like I get that that communicates it the best, but everything is so ugly like that. But like I have just like a, a cool little um like red to white wave going on inside my PC all the time that moves real slow. And I really like it. Yeah, like even in terms of like my consoles, right? Like
0: the PS5 is pretty outlandish looking, right? I actually uh, I purchased like these plates from D brand, right? Cuz the white plates can come off really easy on your PS5.
1: God, PS5 is so ugly.
0: So I'm going to replace the white plates with black plates and put like a matte uh, strap over the middle cuz it's glossy now, so I imagine it'll look kind of sleek with that, that will dark look better. Yeah. Uh, matte coloring. So I'm kind of excited
1: to try that out. But That's cool that they made the plates so easily replaceable.
0: Yeah, a lot of uh, cool custom things will, god, will be thing. done. God, that's another
1: thing. I will never not laugh at a VR headset that has googly eyes on the front. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Yeah, lots of people like to put googly eyes on the front of their VR headsets. That's weird. <laughs> I think it's really funny. I mean, yeah. I I guess, like, it, it is
0: tough, because, like, it, when, when I'm in that thing at least, like, someone could break into my house, rob it, and leave, and I would not notice. Oh my
1: god, when so, I lived with my ex... Uh, we both played VR a ton, and we would, like, we we would, like, set up ridiculous scenarios and take pictures of each other while we were in VR. Like, Oh, um, yeah. Like, the person in VR,
0: nine out of ten times, has no idea. Like, no absolutely outside no awareness. Idea. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It could be fun, like, messing with people. But... Yeah.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I wonder like, how VR etiquette is going to evolve in the world. Oh, <laughs> it's not. I, I, probably not, right? Like... I mean, to some extent, I think it will, because, like, you can actually hurt somebody. True, yeah. Or or get hurt badly. But yeah, just to,
0: I I guess, sort of to put a cap on the VR discussion, like, all the talking we did about the Oculus Quest 2 got me really close to pulling the trigger and buying one, but then Sony comes out and releases the specs for this thing. So I'm of the mind now that I'm probably just going to wait for this thing and hope that you know, the, it'll integrate with PC down the line because there are things I want to play. Like, I, I definitely want to play Half-Life Alyx. You can do uh, that on your current headset. You just have to hook it up to your PC. Can I? But, like, PSVR kind of sucks now. You know, like, I don't know.
1: It's yeah, I mean, just, it's it's definitely the worst possible way to play Half-Life Alyx. Or, yeah. second worst possible way to play Half-Life Alyx. So, I mean, like, it's not like I'm chomping the worst? at the bit to
0: do it, right? So.
1: The worst, you can hook up an Android phone to SteamVR if you want.
2: Ugh. All, oh, oh no! So I guess
1: third worst because there's also a mod to play Half Life Alex uh, with traditional controls. Yeah, where's the fun in that? Yeah, where's that would the, be really stupid. The but it, like, then, then it's just a an okay shooter at that point. Yeah,
0: like. I'm not one of those people. Like, I I don't really know anything about Half Life. I know like there's millions of gamers chomping at the bit for Half Life three Half Life three right, and like yep. the wait for two to three was like killing people but like i really don't know anything about
1: it so i could really care less so i just want to experience i just want to experience, I I've, experience I've played, alex I here it's a great vr game yeah i've played 1 and 2 and i just i don't know maybe i need to play the episodes cuz i didn't finish 2 but i really i get that it ended on a cliffhanger but an okay story that ended on a cliffhanger is not worth uh losing mm-hmm. your mind over but i think it was a uh, I think it was more than an okay story when it came out. Yeah, uh, I was
2: going to say, at the time, it was, like, pretty... It was, like, top-notch video game story, especially the episodes. Yeah, I I haven't
1: played the episodes.
2: That Uh, was during the gnarly early era of games where strong narratives weren't exactly a... A thing. ...focal (laughs) point. Yeah. Like, you really only saw strong narratives in, I want to say, the Xbox 360 generation. Yeah, PS3, Xbox 360, for sure. When games weren't struggling to look the best because we were plateauing, actively plateauing on fidelity. Well, I don't know if that's fair, right? Because, like,
0: PS2 to PS3, you know, slash Xbox to Xbox 360 was the jump to the HD era. Yeah. So that was huge, a big jump. Huge, in... huge fidelity jump. Yeah.
2: but then, And like... now, now like, fidelity jumps are little leaps. They're not full-fledged yeah. PS2 yeah, I mean, to
1: Xbox
0: 360.
1: Look at Resident Evil 8 on PS4 versus PS5. Like... It looks pretty good on a base PS4. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I think the in terms of like gameplay or not gameplay, but I guess fidelity. It's part of fidelity, right? Frame rate has been the biggest thing for me, right? As yeah, a console frame, gamer yeah. this generation, like I, I really love the fact that it seems like we finally are settling at 60 FPS and whatever compromises we have to make to resolution to get there, we making them. And I never really thought we'd get there, you know, like
1: in oh my the console God, I space. Know.
0: But we're, I guess we
2: are here, which is kind of I would have,
1: I would have played at 480p if I could get 60 FPS. Like I'm,
2: I'm kind of glad that the games industry as a whole has gone away from the 30 FPS cinematic approach. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. argument, I don't think that ever held
1: water. I wish movie it. directors would move away from it.
2: <laughs> uh, movies are a different thing because movies aren't interactive. I know movies are fine, yeah, but there are directors who are like yeah.
1: telling people how to change the settings on their TV because like interpolated frame rate is gonna ruin their movie. And I'm like, man, you're you're just kind of making a joke out of yourself at this point. Yeah. Like, like it's like, not a big
2: deal. Compared to like an interactive medium, smoothness and crispness are essential. But in something you're just casually enjoying or watching, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Well, to an extent. Nobody right. wants to watch 15 frames per second yeah. ever, but 24 Better, is yeah. very watchable. No, no one wants to watch your
0: PowerPoint slideshow.
1: Yeah. yeah. You still want something that's watchable. But, but yeah, like, that's that's a huge tangent, but yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I would always prefer higher frame rate in any medium. But And now
2: we're sticking VR at super you know, high frame rates. Like Going back 90, to VR, 90
0: plus FPS is the standard, right?
2: It's no, amazing. not anymore.
0: I think it's even higher. Lower now. or
2: higher? No, it's
1: it's lower. Uh, the quest Play. is only 75, I think. I think. No, it was Play, 90. I, no the I quest two is 90. <clears throat> uh, the original quest was 75. Sony mandates a 90 FPS minimum, I think. Yeah, 90 hertz. And uh, the Rift it's... S was only 80, which was a downgrade from the uh, original Rift, which was a bad move, I think. Honestly, I feel like I don't know. I feel like we need to go even higher. I feel like 120 should be the standard for VR. I think 90 is extremely playable. I think yeah. 90's fine. I I think I've never gotten most sick at 90. I'm not going to complain about higher, but I think... I think if I'm at 90 frames per second and I'm in VR, suddenly it depends on what game I'm playing. Because like, yeah. If I'm playing a huge immersion, like, slow-moving game, 90 frames per second, but super high-resolution, great graphics, I'm happy. If I'm playing a VR shooter, though, or like Beat Saber, where it really... You know, <laughs> the visuals are good, but they're not... The point, uh, yeah, I agree. Higher resolution is better, or yeah, higher I, frame rate is better.
2: I think for VR, VR is also super hard to render from a graphic standpoint because you're rendering two images instead of one, and both have to be at an equal frame rate and equal resolution. Mm-hmm. There's a right, lot of but typically limits. when they're
1: talking about the resolution of VR, they're adding the two, uh, yeah, the two images together and like rendering. Rendering four 1080p screens is about the same level of strenuous as one 4K screen. So uh, with with some exceptions, like sometimes you'd have to load in a little more geometry and stuff.
0: Yeah, I I just want to provide a little quick story on the whole resolution versus frame rate thing. Uh, When Spider-Man Miles Morales came out on PS5, I played it in like the resolution mode because I was so into the ray tracing, right? I'd never played a ray traced game before. And, like, I thought it was just so cool, right? Like, and, and you know, the frame rate really didn't bother me. but Because keep in mind, coming off the PS4 generation, I was still really used to 30 FPS, right? Like, that was what I played most of my things at. And then Insomniac went and re- released the, uh, the Ray Trace 60 FPS mode, which is at 1440p. And I was like, yeah, let's try this out. And what shocked me was just how smooth everything felt. And I was like... Is this just, like, you know, am I buying into the the hype, the sentiment of, like, 60 FPS is king? I switched back to 30, it literally felt like a slideshow to me.
1: Like, yeah, yeah no. it was once really you, hard. That was part you, of the reason I had so much trouble playing Spider-Man. Dude,
0: once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, and now yes, I do it, not ever want to play a 30 FPS game again.
1: Uh, I know? got bad news for you. You're still going to. Yeah, you're still going to
0: but <laughs>
2: yeah, you're still gonna
0: have to. I mean, I, it's going to be way fewer than before, I think. I mean... I got bad news for you when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, bud. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Nintendo. Okay, Nintendo. Nintendo's still the wild card, but even Nintendo, like Mario, almost every Mario game is 60 FPS.
1: It's just, you know. Yeah. I I imagine Zelda and Metroid aren't going to be, which kind of sucks, but. Oh, Metroid is absolutely. They're they're not going to release Metroid Prime 4. That is absolutely going to be 60 FPS. You think so? That's not in-house Nintendo. That's retro and. yeah, they're not gonna let their good name be sullied by 30 frames per second. So, okay,
0: yeah. let me let me just rephrase then. At least uh, as far as PlayStation and Xbox is concerned,
1: I don't I don't think I'm gonna have to play much more 30 FPS. But maybe I I don't know. I think that there are some games still. I, I there are still games out there that are
2: fine at 30 frames per second. Spider Man is not one of them. But like, like card games or f- games that there's not a lot of motion going on, the frame rate or, really doesn't matter. Or like Civ, who cares? I'd I'd play Civ at one frame per second. (laughs) I know people who have. It'd still be playable. Dude, I I know people who play
0: I know who people who play Civ in like the strategy mode, right? Like where there's like no movement, you know, and you just look at like static tiles. I had a friend in
1: high school who was playing Civ on his uh ancient computer, and it would like he would take a turn and he could like sleep through the night like he only got to make like a turn a day because it, he, the game had gone on a long time and like the ai was complicated oh yeah i think stuff.
0: you've told us about this like he just let it go like it's like the apocalypse
1: thousands of years in the future i don't i don't remember if that was the case but no, yeah that's another. He let guy. it go a long time and okay. like yeah it would it took a very long time because i remember being on skype with him back in the day and he would take a turn and he would just be like all right time to go do something <laughs> else <laughs> time to go make dinner that's really funny and I, i've played games like that before i've played games where it like because i you know that that's the funny thing about pc gamers is like most of them did not start out on a good pc yeah like i remember back when i was playing mmos on my really crappy pc that my dad had cobbled together out of spare parts from his job and like, yeah, I would hit a loading screen, and I could get up and go eat dinner, and come back, and the loading screen might have finished, and I would dude, be able to play, continue dude, to play how, my game. How 10 times, times per have second. changed,
0: you know? Like, and now if something takes more than ten seconds to load, we lose interest. You know, like yeah, things have changed so radically; it's wild.
1: And I remember, like, I remember, I, I knew a couple people who would play MMOs, and they would like choose their class based on how fast you had to be able to react to things. I had a friend. Who worked at uh, a summer camp with me, and he said he had over, he had almost thirty seconds of latency <laughs> playing World of Warcraft. What? How was that yeah. even? What? He was on. He lived out. Um, I think Dude, out but Logan thirty seconds was, though. Like it was that's.
2: A, it was an. That's extreme, not playable. Yeah. It's
1: no, just that's why he had to play a he had to play a buff class because he uh, a a very much a supporting role class
2: because. If he was in combat, he was dead. <laughs> Unless yeah, I he think could one shot. It that was a lot of experience living out in the boonies playing Dota because there'd be there'd be periods where everything would be fine and then all of a sudden I have a 10-second delay. Yeah, it might have <laughs> been ten seconds, but yeah, he, he talked about it, like 30, it was thirty seconds and ten man, seconds is still maybe like, even higher because the game would only display up to ten seconds of delay. Yeah, <laughs> the ping would not go higher than that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't
0: know about your experience, Connor, but like, even for me, growing up in Charleston, my internet was not the best.
1: Like, I so my dad has always worked in IT. Yeah. And um, we actually, it's, it's a pretty good scam. Um, my dad knows people who need servers hosted in different locations. I don't really understand why, but we always, um, we never had to pay for internet when I was a kid. We would wow. always get like, the fastest available internet uh, That's because amazing. we were hosting servers for these people in our house sounds kind of sketch but he still does <laughs> it he work. says as soon as i buy a house i can start doing it too <laughs> like okay. i think it was for um it was for like a cable company or something too like that was why okay i don't really understand it but yeah they, the ser- the only downside was the servers were really loud so we had to like put them somewhere we didn't go that often yeah but yeah it's a it's a great it's a great scam he, he's ne- he i don't know that he's paid for internet in like 30 years that's amazing yeah, yeah. so we always had Pretty good internet. I mean, by pretty good internet, you know, I still remember having like 10 meg internet, and that was the best you could get, and it would take all day to
2: download a game. But oh yeah, back, back in the day, because was, it was still Charleston, West Virginia. Yeah. Now, now, I'm gonna get like 100 meg download. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, like it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, now my dad has like 500, and, and this is like the best you can get in Charleston without a business. Uh, oh, they don't X, have gigabit it's like down there yet. Up, 500 down, something like that. Oh, that's think That's good. I it's not think bad. They have, do they have fiber in Morgantown yet?
0: They like do they actually. Though. Yeah.
2: Okay. Do they? They have fiber. In I think they do. Yeah. I know they oh, have fiber all the way out yeah. in like the boonies of Preston County. Like I'm my still dad still, has fiber. I still only have like
1: five meg up, which is terrible. I can't stream at all. I was trying to. I have
2: rest. ten meg up now. Yeah,
1: yeah. but no, I, I, I still like. I still have two and I still like. Every time I download a game, I'll see that it's like twenty gigs, and i will be like, oh, this is gonna take all day, and then it's done in like twenty minutes because yeah. I have. 500 meg down or whatever 200 meg down
2: i don't remember it's it's weird because we we're also in the point of like pc gaming where people will spend ludicrous amounts of money on a graphics card for their 1080p screen oh my god yeah well, <laughs> i know people who have like a 1080p 360
1: hertz screen too though so like
2: yeah but like oh this this is a 120 hertz a 1080p monitor i need a 3090 well, yeah,
0: uh, maybe they're sense. banking on, like, uh, what, what is it, super sampling
1: or something? Well, okay, so another thing is um, even having the game run faster than your monitor still... Um, you'd have to watch Linus Tech Tips and other similar sources to to really know this, but th- there is evidence to show that even if you can't see it, your performance will increase when the game is running better. You will play better.
0: Yeah i mean define define
1: running better so it's like, like a more smooth or more consistent frame rate or yeah the more consistent and the smoother the frame rate the better you're gonna play and the higher yeah. the frame rate I mean, so that like that makes sense to me the same right? person playing at 60 frames per second versus someone playing at 120 the, the person playing at 120 is going to perform better and that continues like pr- it, pretty much as far as they were able to push it like really yeah, yeah i I, was- I would think once you got high enough like it you, became, you would think like, it would cap there's definitely right? a point where you can't tell the difference consciously yeah. anymore. That definitely exists. But they were not able to find a point, I don't think, where yeah. uh, your performance stopped going up.
2: It also depends on the individual skill of the person. Like, oh, yeah, someone it's not gonna who's not going to affect me at all. Yeah, so I'm it's not going to affect someone who's like a casual. Yeah. But, but if someone you're good who's good at video like, games,
1: if you actually care, you know, I don't even think you have to be like pro level, but like, if you like playing competitive games, then it's probably worth your money. Well, like no, I'm not even going to say it. It's probably, it would affect you. I don't know if I'm going to say it was worth your money, because, like, those frame rates are, are like, expensive. yeah, <laughs> they're, like,
2: sell your house expensive. Eventually. I mean, my performance in games has only gone up as I've gotten more frames. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it I mean, that's helps. not, that's definitely not controversial
0: to me. Like, that's, that should be obvious, I think, like.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you, if you have 60 frames per second, somebody... <laughs> playing at 30 frames per second you're just at a gigantic advantage you have a full frame just uh
0: thinking you know like i was playing destiny 2 on on ps5 the other day 120 hertz in in multiplayer or crucible right like the pvp yeah and there's cross-generational plays so ps4 people 30 fps versus 120 fps it's just like
1: how how do you
2: compete yeah you really don't
1: it's i mean it's the same apex legends i'm pretty sure I think it runs at 60 on uh, older consoles, but I'm playing yeah. it at 120 and yeah. like 120 plus I'm on a keyboard and mouse versus people on controller. So I, I have a definite
2: advantage. Apex is always fun because sometimes you find that guy on switch.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> that that switch game at on switch
2: so switch is barely chugging at 30. Yeah, I was oh, going to say, yeah. oh, that's at adaptive you can, resolutions. You, you can tell someone's on switch because just the way they turn is blocky and chunky hmm really I, i've never yeah. noticed I've, I've noticed them because like you can literally run circles around them and that i, I ran into
1: one of those the other day and i didn't realize that was what it was I, I ran into a gibraltar just crouched and he had his shield up and i was like what are you doing bud <laughs> he i ran around him a you? bit before i killed him
2: yeah that, those are pe- those are people who are either using super low sensitivity controllers or are on like switch and can't really figure out what's going on yeah that's that's the downside of cross-platform play. I mean, that, that's the price you gotta be... pay. <clears throat> yeah, I was. Just I, mean, I also, I play sniper
1: platform. in my friend group because my my screen's 1440p, and those are theirs are 1080p, and like, I don't know that Apex is running at a full 1080p on an original mm-hmm. Xbox One. And like, I, I, I would just, guess not. I can just see farther than them. Like, no, no ifs ands or buts, my game renders farther than theirs do. Like, I, I just have more pixels. I can make out yeah. a person way farther than they can.
2: Yeah, it's there's definite advantages in games to being, being wealthy. I guess, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Just like uh, you know, the rest of life.
2: Yeah, the rich get richer. Except, you you can have all it's, you can have all like the high tech stuff you want. If you're still bad at games, you're still gonna be bad at games. You're just gonna be yeah. bad at games with a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. Like, this is all based on, like, at a high level where you're pretty competitive on your own. There's a difference there. But for someone who just picks up Apex and plays it on the weekends, you're not going to notice anything. And then it goes full
1: circle, and you play Rec Room with, uh, they they made Rec Room games playable in 2D on a normal, like, keyboard and mouse setup. okay. And you're at a massive disadvantage against those people if you're on, if you're in a headset. (laughs) Yeah. Really? a massive disadvantage yeah because they can they can turn around all they have to do is move their wrist to do a full 360 you know right, turn okay. and you have to like move your entire body and aim your arms and everything and like also you're actually getting shot at and they're not they're just looking okay at the so i
0: didn't realize that like that level
1: of competition was in record i was just assuming like bowling and golfing and stuff oh no they're paintball i mean paintball yeah Paintball, yeah, paintball is like it's still guns, like you're still mm-hmm. shooting at each other and all. Like true, true. And it's it's a multiplayer shooter, yeah.
2: It's just very cartoony. Yeah, it's VR is wild. Yeah. It is. And I feel like the future of VR is just going to get more weighty controls. Like you already see it in Pavlov with their gun controls and uh Blade and Sorcery with, you know, the fact that everything has a heft to it. Because early generation VR games, nothing had weight to it. Everything felt like it was just like a toy. Like inflatables. Yeah, it was just like you're just hitting people with a pool noodle. I can always tell when a VR game is from a certain era because it'll be – I'll swing a sword around and it'll just feel like I have a pool noodle in my hands. Like it doesn't show weight. It doesn't show any heft to it. It doesn't react. and It's really weird. It's weird to go back and play old games.
0: I feel yeah. like heft and weight are, are kind of difficult things to nail in VR too because like if you if you really want to go, you know, if you really want to make something as hefty as it should be, it might feel like unresponsive when you're actually playing too. So I feel like there's a delicate balance that needs to be
1: struck. Yeah, yeah you have to kind of encourage the players to uh, pretend that there's weight
2: to things. Yeah, blade and sorcery does a really good job because when you when you swing like an axe, a 2 headed axe, you Definitely, the game does everything in its power to make it feel like it's a two-handed axe. Like it's scaled properly. You look at it and it has heft. You hit someone with it; it has heft, and you could just knock them over, bowl them over. It's really, really unique.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like you know, I feel like as a gamer, your first in- instinct a lot of the times is to like test your constraints, right? Like yeah. to try and break whatever you're you're doing at the time, just to see if it's possible. I mean, that's I feel just
1: like, human. Like you True, know. yeah. But yeah. I feel
0: like that instinct, that natural instinct might kind of be
1: an impediment for, for like VR progress, Because right? like Well, I think you kinda lose that eventually. Like I, I definitely did. I like the first <clears throat> thing I wanted to do when I put on a VR headset was like stick my head through the walls and stuff. Yeah. But when I start playing Half Life Alex, like suddenly I, I value that immersion and I don't want yeah. I don't want to do anything to break it.
0: Yeah, no, like it it does like temporarily rewire your brain, right? Like, cause like I have like, let's say like job simulator, for example. There's a very particular way you grab objects in that game. And then, like, if you play that for long enough, like this happened to me, like took the headset off real life, tried to grab something in that weird way, too. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, it's just because I got
1: like used to that motion. My brain got used to people. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is like, I don't know. I mean, VR is not the only place where I will like do things to preserve my own immersion. Like when I'm playing Kerbal space program, you can move a person like one of your Kerbals from any crew container to another crew container uh, on your ship uh, with like just, just a menu. But like for my immersion, if those two things don't actually have like a pathway between them, then I will make that person do an, uh, an extra vehicular walk see i'm right there with you connor i go out of my way for my immersion i do crazy things for my immersion but i don't think that we are like the majority of people yeah well i I don't know i think i think anyone that values immersion will do that and i think that the audience that is into vr right now really values immersion so yeah for sure because i I know a lot of people that like follow traffic rules in gta until they're doing something illegal i know people that like I don't know. I know a lot of... Everybody's got their own limit, but I think a lot of people will do stuff for immersion. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't like doing things that I don't think a character would do in a game. You know? Like, stuff like that.
2: Yeah.
1: And of course, there are games where that really bothers me, like Watch Dogs, where you're constantly asked to do things that it doesn't make sense for your character to do, but that's neither here nor there.
2: Yeah, yeah I like... I'm not one to break immersion in a lot of games. I, I really... I don't even do it in, like, strategy games. I, I just have this. I get. I'm. I'm the kind of person that'll play a game of Civ against uh, the computer and start trash talking the computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, that might be a little too far, but but you, I appreciate you your uh,
0: it. your gusto. Yeah,
2: I yeah.
1: get it. You just get into it. It's yeah, uh, I, like I better not fire those nukes at me, Gandhi. Like like even in a game where <laughs> I know like it, Gandhi. A garbage. Like, like a game as immersive as um, Outer Wilds, like. It, it, i know that like you, you die a lot in that game you're, you're just going to like it, it has a lot of hazards to it yeah. but like no spoilers by the way i know but like, like even though i know that that death doesn't matter like it's still like that game invites you to sit there and think about the fact that you're about to die sometimes and like that still got to me even after i died like a hundred times
2: mm. yeah like there's some games like door fortress just gets me in a mood to cause chaos yeah, like I'll get all comfy and then I'll find a unique way to like have everyone die so I can have go on to start a new save. Emergent gameplay is super super cool, mm-hmm. and especially games that just get that just plop you down into this massive sandbox and say, figure it out.
0: Yeah, I think uh, some games do that really well. Others others do not. But from what, everything I've seen, Dwarf Fortress is definitely uh, yeah in the former.
1: Yeah, I struggled with that games. in Minecraft. That that was one of the major reasons I, I've been enjoying Dragon Quest Builders over Minecraft recently. Is because in Minecraft you really have to pretend that your buildings have a purpose. Yeah. And that's always kind of like you, you like know. beyond a, a room to sleep in, you really don't need anything in that game. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Like yeah. and so like there's no reason like like I have trouble just sitting down and building a purposeless building just because it looks cool. Like I, I want to build something that looks cool, but I wanted to to also do something. Yeah, yeah. I
2: feel like Valheim kind of fixed that Minecraft dynamic of just building something because yeah, Valheim did a good job. Like Minecraft, Valheim. Ever to build something.
1: Valheim also really encouraged cool buildings because it like yeah. you had to like put put somewhere for smoke to go. Like yeah, it it encouraged a lot of thought into the building. Yeah. And I think Subnautica does a good job with that too, and so does uh. To some extent, No Man's Sky, although it has some conflicting systems.
2: Like I like, I like building mechanics where you have to put a lot of work into it, but the work is well rewarded. Like Minecraft, to build a house, you don't need to do a lot; you just need to get some cobblestone. <laughs> See, yeah, it's it's really dirt.
0: fascinating to me thinking about this because like these games all ask for different levels of like imagination commitment from the player right like because like when i play minecraft with friends more often than not like we don't even plan it but we end up like role-playing just playing that game yeah because, you like, have to like, like you said right like a lot of the buildings don't you know 99 percent of buildings don't serve a purpose but like yeah we but make like, them serve a purpose in, in our heads right like we're, have whereas like builds, a lot of other games like they really will have a, a purpose.
1: hall like yeah you know even though nobody's gonna eat in it like yeah i don't know yeah, like, and I think, I think it really takes a
0: good game to pull that off, right? Like, to ask, like, the player, like, hey, you're going to make this fun with your imagination,
1: and we're not going to do it for you. We're just yeah, going to you the I, tools I, to do it. Yeah. I have a hard time giving Minecraft props on that one, because I do find myself at some point, like, getting bored with it, because I don't feel like anything I'm doing has meaning.
2: Yeah, I really? feel like, like, yeah. Valheim was helped, for, at least for me, because me and my friend were both into, like, the era and so we set out to build a meat hall, <laughs> and we built a meat hall,
1: and it's beautiful. Yeah, and that was cool. And, like, Dragon Quest Builders, like, I sat down, and I was like, like, the game asked me to build a restaurant, and I was like, okay, and I, like, did it pretty, you know, I, I did, like, just having that tiny prompt was enough yeah. for me. Like, I, I
0: think, for me, I, I just want to say, I think... I will disagree here, because I really do like the fact that, like, each time I play Minecraft with my friends, it's completely different. And, like, it ends up going for a week, sometimes even months on end. But, like, each time I play, it's completely different. And it's not because the game changes. It's because, like, what we're doing in the
1: game changes. Yeah, but I think that says more about you and your friends than it does about the game. I,
0: yeah, yeah, no,
2: I, I think I agree with that. But but Usually, I, I will say that I think it's cool that Minecraft encourages that. yeah. yeah. Usually when I when I end up playing Minecraft with friends, I'll be behind on progression because I'm a lot slower paced and I don't like to progress fast. See, on the opposite like I'm always like way ahead. I'll find like some side project to do, like I did it in Valheim. Oh, yeah,
0: I I love being like a caveman but, in Minecraft, dude. Like I
1: I almost never advanced do, that much. My favorite thing to do, like I I had full Netherite and the last time we played Minecraft, I had full Netherite with some despair before any of
2: my friends had even like made their first diamond chestplate. Like, yeah, there'll be there'll be like people who have already defeated the Ender Dragon and I've literally just got my first diamonds.
1: Yeah, I, and, like, and the reason
2: for that is that why? I just love mining
1: in that game. Like, I just think it's super zen to zone out, put some music on and just dig for like forever.
2: Yeah. I, like most of my friends will like optimize the crap out of the game out of Minecraft though, at least in my experience. Yeah. So I got just... real
1: bad about that towards the end. Once I yeah. had, uh, the full beacon set up plus efficiency for netherite pickaxe. And like you literally just evaporate everything that you mine. Like, it, like it's gone the second you like not the second, like the nanosecond you click something, it's gone <laughs> and you like, you're literally destroying stuff as fast, if not faster than creative mode. Yeah. And you can just hollow out an area and get like hundreds of diamonds in like 30 minutes.
2: Yeah, there'll be there's always those people who will optimize everything and have a farm for everything and everything will be set up and automated. So they don't have to do it. That but that's that's for me. That's a lot of the fun in games like that. And see, least the fun part practice. for me is automating it.
1: And it upsets me that once you've automated it, there's nothing left to do.
2: Yeah, that's why I don't do that's it. That's why I like Factorio so much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because there's more things. The there's Dices always more the things to automate. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I,
1: I want to play Minecraft the same way I play Factorio, and you just
2: can't because you you're yeah, out you of stuff. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, eventually you're just going to be out of things unless you install a massive mod pack. And
1: That's, that comes yeah.
2: with all the downsides of having a mod pack, especially in single player. That's why like people on like like
1: Hermitcraft, one of the bigger YouTube series for Minecraft, like they do a ton of role-playing. Like... You know, a lot of the, the big machines and stuff they build, they don't actually do anything. Everybody just pretends that they do something. Yeah. And, like, that's fine. But me and my friends just don't do that. I don't know why. Like, I, for one thing, there were only three of us playing. And, like, it would have been really dumb and lame, I think. Like, there just weren't enough of us in on the yeah, joke.
0: three. Yeah, I feel like three is not enough for, like, a, an imagination-centered game. Yeah, I
1: think if there had been five of us, like one Ryan joined in, and then we were able to have, you know, we got towards where we could have done a bit of it. I don't know. Next time, I think we're gonna try to get between five and ten for our next playthrough because I, I, my next time I play through Minecraft is gonna be when the caves and cliffs, or I think just the caves, because they split that update in half.
2: Yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to pull the trigger on a modded server. (laughs) Yeah, just to have one. Yeah, and just play through it with friends because it sounds like a cool time to just have someone be a vampire <laughs> it'd be it'd be great because i'd i'd go the other route and start murdering their kind
1: what mod pack are you looking at
2: uh eternal i think
1: i'll have to look at that yeah it has anyway a i think we kind of kinda,
2: tech mods
1: we've gone way off the rails at this
2: point yeah, yeah we, we, we uh, kind of rambled for 40 minutes no,
1: <laughs> that's, we that's
2: that's tie fun, it with that's fine up games
0: that's the beauty of this this show
1: or something yeah what have you been playing connor uh i played i guess i'll talk about castlevania maybe i played that last night your original only yeah it's the only game i played this week i love that game to death dude it's (laughs) so good i i don't know i don't think it's as hard as a lot of people say it is i think some of the systems are a little difficult to understand if you don't read the manual which people don't but
0: the manual god remember those days
1: yeah, I know. For each game, no, came the manual. I mean, Uh-oh, try like sit book. down and try to play the original Legend of Zelda without the manual or a guide. Like, people say you need a guide to play that game, but, like, the manual was a guide for the first two or three dungeons. Like, they just shipped that with the game. It was kind of crazy. Like, it told yeah. you step by step how to get to the first dungeon. <laughs> That's
0: wild. No, and I was just thinking the, of, like, little booklets that used to be included.
1: Yeah, the and it marked, like, the second and third one on the map. Like... And and it's shipped with a map because in game there was no map to look at. Like That's uh, so hard. That's so I hard love, I love, the NES work. I love it. I love those games. But yeah, Castlevania, like, a lot of people don't know that um, the sub weapons get upgrades if you use them to kill a lot of enemies. So like if I if I have like the throwing boomerang cross thing. If I kill a bunch of enemies with it, I'll pick up a little Roman numeral tablet thing with a two on it, and now I can throw two crosses at once. And then, if I keep doing it, I can throw three of them at once. And, like, if you have the triple crosses, like, like one of the hardest bosses in the game, Death, if you have the triple cross, you can kill him before he attacks you, I'm pretty sure. Like, you can kill him so fast with three crosses plus the whip. And, like, I don't know, but it is a game about momentum. Like, if you if you have the triple crosses and then you die against a boss, then you're going to respawn at a checkpoint halfway through the level. You're not going to have the crosses anymore, and you don't have time to get them back before you fight the boss again. So I kind of don't like that. It, it, you kind of fall into a death spiral, and I typically, like, like I'll play the game, and I've gotten, like, as far as Dracula without game-overing or anything, but if I get a game over, I typically turn the game off because I, I won't be having a good time anymore. hmm I have never so beat
0: Dracula though. I was gonna say, like you mentioned last week, you've never beaten it. Has that changed?
1: No, no. I just, I was just bored last night and uh, didn't have time to play a newer game. Because that's the other beauty about Castlevania is like the whole game's like an hour long. Like it's yeah, not a very yeah. long game. So if you if you don't have a lot of time, NES games are pretty so good to pick and play. who owns Castlevania? Konami, right? Yeah. 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 So don't expect any more, dude.
0: Yeah, if we no, could get, you know, expect. there's been a rumor going around that like Sony wants to get a lot of Konami's IP. Like, if if Sony could get Castlevania and Metal Gear, maybe that
1: would be that would be ideal. God, I, I don't want Sony to own Castlevania,
2: but I want but, Sony to why own Silent not? Hill.
1: I don't want Castlevania to be uh exclusive. I don't think.
0: Oh right, I wasn't even thinking of the exclusive aspect. I was just
1: thinking <laughs> uh. I mean, yeah, I would love somebody a, that's actually going to use party. Castlevania to yeah. own Castlevania, but like, I don't know. I don't. Also, Sony doesn't make a lot of 2D games. I, I guess that's that true. doesn't that doesn't really matter because it's just owning a, an IP; they can give it to whoever. But Sony likes to push the envelope technologically, and that's not what Castlevania needs right now. Castlevania needs a good 2.5D adventure or a good retro. Like, that's fair. Yeah, high high pixel, whatever they're called. Like I forget what people like to call the like HD pixel art games. But like a Castlevania game in the style of like Owlboy or Shovel Knight or yeah, that would be crazy. Or even like Hollow Knight, like
0: you that would be a day the, one purchase. The original
1: for me. creator of Castlevania, he he did Bloodstain, right? A Kickstarter. Yes, and those games are. Well, I hate Ritual of the Night. I think that game's really boring and stupid, but. I love Curse of the Moon and Curse of the Moon too. Those yeah, games, I was gonna say Ritual of the Night didn't really pan out that well, right? Like I don't. R- think Ritual it was... of the Night is a Metroidvania, which is like I don't like the Castlevania Metroidvanias very much. I I just don't. I have played Symphony of the Night. I never finished it. I thought it was good, but I didn't finish it. I just don't really care for them. Symphony much of I, the
0: Night, I hear, is like the best one.
1: Yeah, and I think I think Ritual of the Night is not a bad game. Like people really liked it, but it's just not for me. Mm-mm. But Curse of the Moon is just it's just more classic classic yeah. Castlevania, which is what the world really. I mean, clearly that's what people wanted because that's what they kept making. Ritual of the Night didn't perform as well as they'd hoped, so they made a sequel to Curse of the Moon. Which oh, did is they? Like, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. And Curse of the Moon, like the the beauty of those games is that they're kind of cheap to make, like where they're so low resolution and stuff so the original curse of the moon was like a freaking kickstarter uh it was a bonus, bonus right yeah. yeah it was just a bonus and then people loved it and i i don't blame them it's so tight it's so good and it's it's like super replayable because like that you can either there's like several ways to play it you can every, you, you run into other characters along the way and you can recruit them which gives you an additional playable character with like a full uh, extra HP bar. And that's super cool. You can kill them. Which makes your main character stronger. Like you get a power for it. But I don't think you get more HP. But your 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 core character gets stronger. Or you can just leave them. And you never get any upgrades at all. Mm. And I think that that introduces so much replayability. And I like that. Because these games are pretty short. Like. You know, I I would not have I think if Castlevania was any longer than it is, I would not have played it nearly as much as I have. But it's kind of nice to be able to sit down and in like an hour play a game start to finish. Yeah, I like that. And like, you know, the original Castlevania does not have you don't make any decisions in that game. Not really. Like (laughs) you decide which sub weapon you want. But like uh, the original Castlevania at least doesn't have any split paths or anything. They introduced that in Castlevania, too or Castlevania 3. Castlevania 2 is kind of open world, and I don't like it very much.
0: Kind of a weird trend, right? Like, with uh, you know, like, Castlevania 2 was being the, the black sheep and Zelda 2 was the black sheep. I feel like uh, a lot of these game developers back in the day, with their second game, they really tried to
1: take a risk and not just capitalize off the success of the first, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I dunk on Castlevania 2 a lot among my friends, because I don't the the problem with castlevania 2 is that it's really slow for no reason and it also like has a lot of really stupid design decisions to try to force you to buy a guide like That's lame. It, it's it's un, unwinnable without because of the poor translation and like the need to have a guide the puzzles are just unsolvable like it doesn't give you enough hints to be able to figure them out i think if not for that it would have been a pretty good game my, my it's my stepbrother's favorite uh Castlevania game I'm pretty sure he played it with a guide and it's like way easier than the others like just the in general and it's, it's it's not a bad game and it like walk like Castlevania 2 walked so that Symphony of the Night could run mhm uh, i it, it you know it arguably you could put it in the same camp as the original Metroid but it's not quite as good in the Metroidvania category you know Right. But Castlevania 1 super good game Pretty easy to get your hands on, I think. I think
2: it's on... It's on and, Switch in
1: the Switch, Castlevania collection. NES. It's not on the Nintendo okay. Switch Online oh, thing. Oh, really? No. Okay. I don't think so. Because, yeah, it's Konami-owned, so they're going right. to drain every penny of
0: it Konami, please, please just make good games again. Please.
2: <laughs> they're not profitable.
0: Konami's make sitting games. on... Make any Konami's... Games. Yeah, make games. Konami's yeah. sitting on Metal Gear. They're sitting
1: on Castlevania. They're sitting on Silent Hill. Like Castlevania's been in a bad spot for a long time, too. Because, like... They didn't make any classic Vania games after Symphony of the Night. They just stopped doing it, and uh, they tried. They kept trying to put the series in 3D, and that has never worked. I don't think there's really a good reason that didn't work. I think they just kind of. Dude, I think a 3D Castlevania, maybe done by FromSoft, would be insane. I think it could be. I think it definitely could be, but yeah. I don't want that necessarily. Like, I I have no desire to play that. I I would play it if it came out, but. I mean, it would I'm be a favorite. completely
0: different. Basically totally different game. experience because yeah. they're
1: yeah what I look for in a Castlevania game is an extremely tight very cool 2D platformer with, with a focus yeah. on combat and they, they've they delivered that time you know like even so I say they, they never made another Classicvania but that's not really true because they did a really cool remake of Castlevania 1 that went under the, under the radar on the Wii and it does make me point out please stop remaking Castlevania 1 <laughs> please, for the love of God, nobody wants that anymore. Like, they, they remade Castlevania 4, or Super Castlevania 4, is a remake of Castlevania 1, and in my opinion very confusing. it's very in, I, I don't like it as much. It's, it's different enough, I guess, that calling it a remake is maybe weird, but it's a retelling. But Castlevania 1, you super have to, like, think about your sub-weapons and stuff that you use because the bosses all have, like, one that is particularly good against them not not from a damage perspective but from a strategy perspective and uh, in super castlevania 4 there's no reason to ever use a sub weapon because the whip is just ridiculously good so there's no reason you can just ignore them the entire game and i don't like that very much mm-hmm. still a good game though i'm done <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> i can go next i guess so i've been playing mass effect legendary edition and uh, i'm just so i'm just such a happy boy right now like i love these games <laughs> so much um, it has been, I think the last time I played Mass Effect was when Mass Effect 3 came out. Like, I never touched it after that, and I think, when did 3 come out, Mike? Was that, like, 2012, 2011?
1: Yeah, it was somewhere that in That sounds right.
0: So it's been, like, about 10 years since I played Mass I know I was Mass at an Effect. edgy
1: point in my life where I was dunking on Mass Effect fans for how terrible the game was and how happy I was to not be a Mass Effect fan. <laughs> well, that being said, I love these games so much. Oh yeah, no, uh, it was just the ending that was bad. I have heard oh, yeah, nothing yeah. but good things about Mass Effect by and large. Like, people were just so upset about that ending.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, some of it was justified. I also think it was a little too extreme, the backlash, but maybe I'll get to that when I finally get around to playing Mass Effect 3. So, in the Legendary Edition, you get all three games uh, on next-gen consoles, it runs at 60 FPS 4K, which is really nice. And, you know, of course, it was not just simple, like, up rest, frame rate boost. They did a lot of reworking. The The biggest facelift came to Mass Effect 1, actually, right? So, like, Mass Effect 1, back in the day, was a very janky game. You know, like, very, like, beloved. But it was very... But it would not fly by today's standards, for sure. So they work, reworked the gunplay uh, improved a lot of, like, the assets in the game, and, like, improved how the Mako, which is, like, the tank planetary rover thing, controls... Um, and, uh, yeah, just made it more modern, like, more in line with 2 and 3. And I am 20 hours plus into Mass Effect 1 right now, and it is like seeing an old friend again after so long. Like, I forgot how much I loved these characters and this world, especially. Like, Mass Effect is one of those few games where I could just, like, open my menu and open up the codex and just read it for hours and be completely entertained, like... (laughs) Yeah, I love the world so, so much. And, like, it's a testament to how good the characters are. Where, like, yeah, like, the main story with the Reapers is interesting. But, like, my favorite thing, the thing I look forward to most when I play Mass Effect, is that after I finish a main mission, I go into my ship. And I go and talk to everyone and see if there's any new dialogue. Because, like, I just want to get to know these characters better. Because they're so well written and so interesting. So, that's the strength of Mass Effect for me. Not, like... Right, like, I get, like, if you were super invested in the main story, like, how the the conclusion of 3 would be a letdown, but, like, to me Mass Effect was always about just living in this world with these characters and, uh and, you know, like, ha- it, it's been, like, 10 or so years, so I've forgotten most of, like, the small character beats. Of course, I remember like, the big story moments, but the character stuff that was really the most compelling part of the game, like, I've almost completely forgotten, so getting to experience like Garrus's history and tally and rex and liara and the two human characters who are far less interesting than the alien characters but uh but just getting to experience these characters histories and you know backgrounds and like how all that ties into the world has been such a treat for me and uh and i must say like they did a really good job of like bringing mass effect one up to par for like modern gaming right like because And and granted, there's still some jank there. You can detect the jank of Mass Effect 1, certainly, in this collection still, but it's definitely not, like, almost unplayable unplayable, like it was back in the day, I think. Like, back in the day, Mass Effect 1 was definitely kind of a struggle to get through, I think. Because, like, I actually started with Mass Effect 2, then went back to 1, and then, like, when 3 came out, I was playing that, but... But yeah, like I'm having a blast playing one, having way more fun playing Mass Effect 1 than I remember having uh, back in the day. So I'm excited to uh, to continue on my journey, and I expect this is pretty much all I'm going to be playing until I get through all three games. So having a great time. I know, Mike, you're really into Mass Effect as well. Have you had a chance to check out the collection
2: yet? Uh, I checked... I think most of my interaction with the series was from the speedrun standpoint, and I can right. say that three speedruns the only one that's still viable. <laughs> they fixed every other speedrun bug in the other oh, two games, okay. but three is still relatively viable.
0: I wonder if they touched up three the least because you know, it was the most modern one. They definitely did the most work in one, I know that, but oh, I wonder they how much they did for two and three.
2: Just about every, every single skip that was possible in two, they fixed wow three that i guess they didn't touch because the devs couldn't see a speed run for it <laughs> mm-hmm. so i get i don't know but other than that i just like how they're all together now i yeah. have all the DLC you know the pay yeah that's the that's the great part all. too like mass yeah isn't is, is it this notorious. actually
1: pro- like cheaper than buying oh yeah sure.
0: yeah like because like mass effect was notorious for having like dozens of dlc and like some minor some big but like this has everything except for the multiplayer in 3 which I don't really care about.
2: You're also missing one DLC.
0: Yes, there's one DLC missing and there was, was some like technical point. reason they couldn't bring it over but it wasn't a big DLC if I remember
1: right.
2: So so what happened to the to the code was that when they were porting Pinnacle Station from Xbox 360 or I think it was Xbox 360 to the PS3 the code got the source code got corrupted. Mm. so when they went to remaster the series and remaster one uh all of pinnacle station's source code was gone and unusable and they Hilarious didn't have the time to presumably build the dlc
0: only had one copy of that code and couldn't like uh, was there no source control could they not like revert i don't know i don't know how
2: they, they probably they wrote did code, but, but i i don't know how it happened but it, it just got lost in the sauce i guess i mean it happens it's gone it happens surprisingly often just, yeah in games sometimes you just lose it it was good thing it wasn't the good dlc it was yeah garbage like, like packed on arena mode exactly yeah that's so. the only
0: that's the only uh incomplete portion of this and that was probably the worst dlc across all three games i think so yeah yeah i'm very happy with this collection dude it's crazy to me like it took ea like literal years to listen to the fans and and put this thing together like we've been asking for this for so long and EA like repeatedly has said they have no interest in this thing and then they see how much like remasters and remakes make when other people started doing them and they finally got their stuff together and made this thing and I'm so happy This
2: is also this is also EA trying to save face <laughs> after the disaster that was Andromeda Oh yeah like no, I'm and, seeing and, a lot of people
0: and they're already going confirmed that there's like not. a new there's a new Mass Effect in development. And I can only hope that I, I think the reception to this collection is pretty strong. Just like anecdotally, like I saw like, like so many of my friends on my friends list playing this thing, and I was kind of surprised, right? Because this is just like a re-release of like three old games. But like the love for Mass sure. Effect, especially the original trilogy, is strong. And hopefully they see that. And hopefully Mass Effect, the next one is more like the first three rather than andromeda
2: yeah there's already article upon article comparing just kind of blasting andromeda because now that you can play through all three games in a good format it it shows like the difference in heart and writing that went into the the original trilogy compared to andromeda yeah like andromeda just suffered everything the writing suffered the art suffered everything suffered well, yeah, I don't know why the players suffered. Only Bioware, yeah, did. yeah, everyone suffered. Everyone and everything just suffered. Objectively, yeah. was a bad Mass Effect game. Yeah, and and so you go back to the original trilogy and everything. I just, just hope, makes sense.
0: And I really just hope Bioware gets their mojo back. Like the the whole move with Anthem was not it. They should never have made Anthem. Like they should have stuck to their their guns. What they're good at. They're good at really good uh, world building and character driven. RPGs, RPGs they're really good yeah. at that, and they need to keep doing that, please, because yes. it's like there, there's nothing
2: quite like a good Bioware RPG to this day. I, I would argue. So they, it really, it really started going downhill, I believe, after Dragon Age 2. Like that was yeah, the start I of like so. the downhill. Slope. Dragon
0: Age 2 was like the first stinker. I, I quite liked Inquisition. Dragon Age Origins was a classic to me. Like I, I loved Age that Origins. game to death. Yeah, great. But, but um, but but yeah, I, I I hope and pray for Bioware to uh to get over this funk they've been in for the last several years. It feels I like I think
2: Inquisition also suffered from some of the same faults as I don't think as Andromeda, but it was close to it. Where yeah, Inquisition was
0: enjoyable. It wasn't a like a,
2: a masterpiece, but it was enjoyable. But uh, like I think Andromeda suffered from st- fact the world wasn't fleshed out. You threw us in a new galaxy and didn't flesh a lot of things out. You had the same old alien races plus two. Yeah, that but doesn't I, really make a whole lot of sense, does it? Yeah, it was you could have just thrown it in the Milky Way and thrown a new race of aliens at us. It, yeah, I mean like the Milky Way's a pretty big place, you know, like Yeah. It totally could have
0: just been set there if you're not going to, you or know, you like there's if, if it's in an Andromeda, something. there should be all new races, right?
2: Like there it doesn't really make sense to reuse the existing the sort existing of existing races yeah. and then throw a race and then spoiler a race that's made from the other race <laughs> like, yeah that's not yeah and Dram-
0: i'm just gonna pretend andromeda doesn't exist because like i've yeah. never
2: played it and i don't think i'll ever play it i uh, so, uh, i played like i think the prologue and i just it just didn't it felt good to move in but that's about it i don't think i'll ever give it a full playthrough. But yeah, too many I, bad, I, bad feelings about it. I don't want to
0: belabor the point. Uh, Mass Effect, been playing the collection, and it's fantastic, and I love it,
2: and that's what I've been playing. So, what about you, Mike? Um, well, Hardspace Shipbreaker completely wiped the progress, so it's a brand new game, so I can talk about it now. <laughs> what happened? And did God, it? Got bad it or something? No, they did a. They introduced their story, so they wiped everyone's progress i'd be kind of mad if if that happened (laughs) and they messed with the progression system so now it feels super slow like i put maybe like five or six hours in now and where i used to do that i get to the good stuff and start like making progress and have a lot of upgrades i've purchased in that five or six hours a grand total of two upgrades because they've just slow they've They've slowed down progression so hard to try to like gradually ease people in there that it it's just a slog
0: that's lame i I, I hate yeah. it when uh, when, when developers update done. their games and they get worse like that that that's the most frustrating thing
2: like sure it th- it throws like, <laughs> oh, it threw a new model of ship in the mix, but it's the same ships I've been breaking down and they prevent me from doing a lot of the things that made scrapping them easier like more tethers so it it suffered like i was definitely having a lot less fun progressing through the first seven ranks the second time than i did the first time because it just became a slog and they changed the way you like had to scrap so you just had to be meticulous i don't know I, i i just feel bad i hope i hope that the story is good but i hope the story can carry me because I'm not playing it until they update the story more. Because I've completed all the first act, so I yeah, hope I it mean, gets better.
0: Are there other people also? Do they also have the same complaints? Because hopefully, yeah, they yeah, a lot
2: of people have a, the same complaints about the progression feeling super slow. And well, you progress you progress through the ranks kind of quick, but you don't get a lot of upgrade points, and so it's it doesn't feel as good. So like sure, you unlock a new upgrade with a new rank. But you can't afford it because you don't have enough tech points. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So by the time you get enough tech points, there's now three more upgrades available for you to purchase with tech points. So it just kind of throws you down like a rabbit hole. And God, some of those upgrades are necessary. And if you don't have them, it just becomes a pain. And I hate having to choose that hard for a game that's supposed to be chill.
0: Yeah well that's lame hopefully uh hopefully they patch it and make it
2: more yeah, tolerable it's still early access but i definitely have it's changed my opinion of the game from what it was previously
0: okay i think that will do it for us this week thank you guys for listening uh you can follow us at ad podcast game talk on twitter please like rate and review us in any podcast service you use and click the link in the description of this podcast to join our discord and talk to us there thank you connor and mike
2: yep see you guys next week